What did you eat for breakfast? <laughs> what ate for breakfast? I had cereal with banana. You are listening to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. This episode is sponsored by the Skinny Armadillo Print Company, located in Fort Worth, Texas. You may remember I talked to Justin back in episode 5 about the merch industry and his passion for music and working with bands and artists. Do you need help with your merch? Skinny Armadillo specializes in quality apparel decoration, including screen printing, embroidery, design, digital on-demand printing, web stores, fulfillment, and more. Contact Skinny Armadillo now to find out how you can grow your merch sales, discover the current printing technologies, or to get a quote. Call 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com. That's 817-546-1430 or visit theskinnyarmadillo.com. Make sure you're not missing out with anything going on with a podcast by visiting musiconyourownterms.com and signing up for the newsletter. Welcome to episode 22 of the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. In this episode, I talk to Mark Summerlin from the amazing Arkansas-based country rock band Honeyjack. He shares his experiences growing up in a musical family his time as SEAL's musical director and touring with some of the Disney singers, along with balancing a music career with a successful real estate career and building both local communities simultaneously. As always, at the end of the episode, you'll hear a track by the featured artist, in this case, Honey Jack. But right now, to lead us into the interview, this is The Corporal's Daughter by B.
Welcome to the Music on Your Own Terms podcast. Today I'm joined by Mark Summerlin of the band Honeyjack. Uh, welcome. Thanks for taking the time for the second time now because we had some uh, technical difficulties last time. It's been a bit, but yeah, thanks for joining me. Um, Glad to be here. Glad to be here, Simon. Um, why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling everyone what you uh, do now in music and life? Y yeah, yeah. Music and life. Two, two very different things lately. Um, I I am in a band here in Arkansas called Honey Jack. Uh, it's a southern rock band. Um, we do have an uh, an EP and a single out there. Um, I have a, a co-writing partner in this project named TJ Scarlett, and um, he's worth looking up just just alone. <laughs> but um, oh yeah, when um, we're not playing or writing here, um, I work in the real estate field in Northwest Arkansas, which is very very active here because uh mm -hmm. we have a lot of industry here in northwest arkansas so people are constantly coming and going as well as the university here so um uh, been uh, helping people find some some homes here and uh, which i love because i love living here and i love telling people about living here um that's cool we actually have a song about, <laughs> about how much we love living here but um but no uh yeah been in a rock band uh, honey jack now is going on three years uh mm -hmm. and some and change and uh and that's about it. Awesome. Um, yeah. So it's funny you should say, uh, yeah, mention uh, TJ. Um, I did actually uh, do a little digging. I mean, phenomenal guitar player. Absolutely. But I went to his Facebook page and I saw some riding videos where he's doing, you know, GoPro stuff on his motorcycle. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the backing tracks was actually Mr. Fastfinger backing tracks, Mika Tiska. Um, and I've I've been a fan of his for for quite some time, and he's actually been on the podcast as well. So the the more I talk to people, mm -hmm. the the smaller the world kind of gets. It's kind of kind of weird. That is amazing. I I had not I had no clue there would be a connection there. That's really yeah. yeah. So yeah, I know he rides um, a but lot. But we we kind of got hooked up because I met um your wife Cindy mm -hmm. on Leah McHenry's uh face Facebook group mm -hmm. um. And so she has been um, kind of taking on the task of promoting the band. Mm -hmm. So how, how's that been going? Oh, it's going great. Um, yeah, Cindy's been doing, she's been in graphic design and marketing for for many years. Um, and, you know, I mean, Facebook and Instagram and that whole thing is constantly evolving. So it's it's it always seems like a moving target. And right. uh, they're constantly changing the rules and what you can get away with and what you can't, whether it's, you know, visually what you can post and how much text is in a photo or how much, you know, certain clicks will cost in a post, you know, boosted post or a lead generation mm -hmm. ad. So it's just, it's gotten crazy for those of you who are into that stuff. It, that might've gotten a little nerdy or geeky down that rabbit hole. But um, when I started playing music, it was, in the 90 really in the 80s um uh. in the late 80s early 90s where you would go put out flyers you would you would literally staple flyers to uh telephone posts and uh neither flyers nor telephone posts exist anymore so it's uh it's a different world and and you know it's, it's just an adjustment but it's kind of the right. same thing you know put good product out there and get it to as many people as you can for as cheaply yeah. for as cheaply as you can you know right I mean, you'd be actually surprised. I mean, I, I know a couple of local bands here, you know, in more of the punk 
mm -hmm. uh, scene to like, still go and do the street thing, mm -hmm. go hand out flyers before gigs or, you know, near the same venue the week before. So it, I think it still has its place. Um, but actually the first band I interviewed on the podcast, the, uh, the anecdote, you know, the, the singer said was, you know, if you, if you throw something up on social media and you don't really target it properly, mm -hmm. it's like putting up a poster in Guam, you know, no one's going to go to the show because they have no idea who you yeah. are. And it's just this random mm -hmm. flyer, but or the middle of no, the middle it, of the it, desert, you know? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you said you started in the eighties. You um, you come from a musical family. Both both, you've got two brothers that play music, and you still play with them. Or I know your brothers in the bit. In yes, exactly. Um, so my brother Paul Paul Summerlin, uh, who's also got a lot of great music out there uh, online. He's a composer of lots of different genres, um, and was more of like a vocal coach and 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 mm -hmm. orchestral sort of composer, but. Also, Paul's in Honey Jack and he plays bass and sings uh, background vocals. But we have an older and oldest brother. Um, and the three of us were in a band. That was the band that we were in in the 80s and 90s. And it was called B. B. -E. Right. And um, of course, that was a name. I think we talked about this last time. That was that was a name that's great before the internet visually it looks great like a like a, a one right. word band name like yes or kiss or rush you too or you too yeah. yeah i mean it really that's really what we were going for but nowadays if you were to type that in the internet you're not gonna on google you're not gonna get anything because <laughs> it's just right, the word right. b which is in every sentence but um anyway yes i was i made music with my two brothers for a lot a, a long time for a large part of my life and um still uh, play and write with Paul. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and he's in a lot of other side projects around here as well. So yeah, we're still doing it. Awesome. Um, and you know, your, your, your history specifically, um, you know, there's other interviews out there obviously, but, uh, just to, to give a brief history, um, you toured with seal and, um, mm -hmm. you did some production with some of the Disney, um, singers, yeah, so I did for for five years. I toured as Seal's uh, music director, and I played guitar and I sang background vocals, and I also ran the backing tracks, um, mm -hmm. you know, to fill in those gaps or those the certain sounds from the records or those bells and whistles that make a show sound bigger, um, and that was kind of the the niche market that a, a friend of mine got me into uh, a guy from here in Arkansas from Fort Smith. He now lives in LA, but uh, he's kind of got his own business going now. And his name was, his name is Clay James. And mm -hmm. I got into the playback world uh, through him because he and I kind of came up learning the same software when all that stuff was coming out for the first time, whether it be hard disk recorders the first DAWs, you know, the first versions of Pro Tools when Digital Performer, if I remember correctly, was just a, a keyboard sequencer. Um, mm -hmm. And of course, now all these things are full blown, you know, state of the art. This is what people right. make records on. Um, and I, you know, I won't, I won't say I'm as up to date on all of it now since I've been out of that business, but I really tried to learn all that stuff when it was new. And so I kind of got into that world and I ended up 
doing playback specifically just on the crew, on the production crew, for some acts uh, like Demi Lovato, Gwen Stefani, um, some of the, the Disney acts when they were younger, like the Jonas Brothers and when uh, Miley Cyrus was Hannah Montana um, okay. and things like that. And and there's even more of them, but, but those are kind of the ones that people would know. Um, and now... On a, on a typical pop tour, that's a job description in the production crew is someone who's kind of right. running that to a click or to whatever it is the band's going to play to. And it sort of fills out the show because the shows, are, they all look so huge now. Um, mm. And you can't really have moments that drop that much. It, it's and, and this is the thing that I think people need to realize. It's not that the people on stage aren't playing their playing their asses off. I mean, it's, they totally are. I mean, they're, they're typically really good. There's a lot of competition for those spots. Um, they're playing a lot. They're playing hard. You know, there's just also a lot of, of other, you know, special effects and things going on that, that have to match up time wise. And, and, you know, there'll be padding background vocals and padded synth sounds and things in there. Um, but it's really just so it fills a giant arena or an outdoor space because the, the visuals now with the video and the, the pyro is also massive that the sound kind of has to lift up to match that. Right. But, um, right. And, you know, but anyway, I mean, that's to the, that's the playback world in a nutshell, but mm-hmm. I, I really, you know, I enjoyed it, but the travel got to where I literally was home about a third of the year. And, um, you know, my son was just getting older and, and it was like, you know what, hold on. I'm, I'm, I'm missing two thirds of his life, you know? <laughs> so right, he right. would grow up every time I would see him, you know? So um, I just wanted to put a stop to that part of it and come back home and get more involved with the music here in Arkansas again, mm-hmm. because there, there really is some amazing heritage of music here in Northwest Arkansas um, that a lot of people probably don't know about I don't have to bore you guys with it now, but I wanted to come back and get, be a part of that and, and, and then uh, that's sort of what the real estate career, uh, you know, brought right. brought to me. So now I can play in Honey Jack here and we kind of base out of here. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, going back to the um, the production, I mean, I, I would imagine that you kind of really cut your teeth on the technical stuff and it mm-hmm. really gave you a, it's almost like, uh, you know, producing a record live mm-hmm. and you're basically thrown into the fire and you have to sink or swim so that you really just, you know, you, you probably got a ton of skills that you could bring back to um, recording. Yeah, I, I did a, a lot of the, the playback stuff specifically. The only thing that you really get fast at is editing something in a, mm. in a hurry. Um, the rest of it is, is, I mean, you do have to do a little bit of mixing, but it's, it's at the request of, you know, somebody else. The unnerving part is that there's usually a whole crew or an artist just waiting on you to right. do it. And so you get fast at that part, but it, that's another one of those things that the software changes. Um, there's different ones. I mean, uh, we would have to jump between pro tools, digital performer logic. Now Ableton live is a big player. And mm-hmm. so they, they change a lot. So I, you know, if it's like use it or lose it other than right. the stuff I record now and produce with honey Jack, um, I've kind of lost my chops with some of that stuff. I mean, I still remember it, but, but, um, it all moves, it all, it all advances and, and updates so quickly that 
sometimes I've seen the newer versions of those programs and I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks so different. I wouldn't know where I was, but, right. but um, no, I'm, you know, I'm sure it would come back. Cause you just, you do spend a lot of hours doing that, but um, yeah. And you, and you probably, you know, it just gives your brain kind of a, a good foundation for the process of, of doing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, but no, it's uh, great that you, um, you were, you know, present enough and, um, my, you know, you, we, I talk about mindfulness mm-hmm. quite a lot on the podcast, but you were mindful to say, Hey, I can't just keep doing this, you know, because it's, I want to see my kids grow up, which is great. Um, but yeah, it definitely sounds like you're, you're helping, uh, not just the music community, but the community in general being in real estate. So what, what drew you to real estate? Um, a cu- I mean, a couple of things the, 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 it got him. This is a funny story. It got on my radar first. I really, as I was touring, and you, you, you kind of go from crew to crew sometimes. So you meet people from all over the world, and you're sort of roommates with them for you know, sort of like an intense few months. And mm-hmm. um, I kept running into people to 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 lifelong sort of crew members, whether it be in production or, 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 you know, the back line or lighting or whatever, I kept running into people that kept saying, yeah, when I'm home, I've got a side business. You know, my wife and I run a side business of real estate. And I, and I just, right. I didn't really think about it much until like the third time I heard it. And then the, another funny thing was, is that, um, one of the crew members of seal was, was helping, uh, seal out, get something out of his house. He was selling their house in, Beverly Hills and, yeah. and he goes in to get something and there, and there's a real estate agent there showing because they were selling it. And the client, I guess left and they had a moment and this guy's a great, great guy, a friend of mine, uh, Steve McDonald, a uh, great guitar tech who's been out and around there all over the universe, you know, one of the best. Mm-hmm. And so Steve's over there at, at the house and he looks at this real estate agent and he just goes, man, I, I know you. I mean, like, I don't know, I, I don't know what it is, but I totally know you. And it's, it was, um, the guitar player from the Eagles. <laughs> um, Wait, which one? Uh, Don Felder. Okay. Yep. And so Don Felder and his wife had a real estate company as a side business. And I mean, you know, they were selling houses in Beverly Hills. So it's a little different than, than right. you know, they only had to sell a few a year, but, but, um, it's, you know, I, so I kept just running into musicians that had that as a side career. And so I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll get my license and I'll do that as a side career. And then when I finally got back home and the touring part started to slow down, um, the last thing I did was I was on the crew, the crew, the production crew of Gwen Stefani, Gwen Stefani. And, um, some shows just started canceling for, you know, various reasons. It wasn't really anybody's fault, but it sort of changes, you know, what you're planning you know, income wise. And I'd gotten into real estate, just kind of dipped my toe into it a little bit. And then there was one day where I said, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm just going to do it full time and pour more into that. And, and cause the other thing I was still, Honey Jack had just started and I still was doing some of these traveling gigs and I ended up just having to cancel stuff. And I, I didn't, I just didn't want to be that person anymore. You know, I, I, yeah. I wanted to be able to book some shows out, commit to them. Also start working with some other local artists here and, and, and kind of start a new chapter, if you will. 
and that and that was a long story. I apologize. But, oh, you know, you're fine. No, the, the longer the but better. that Don Felder thing is hilarious. I just remember thinking, man, okay, so. And then we had a, a tour, a production manager who had a successful one in Kentucky. Like he and his wife were at a real estate company. It was like, you know, okay, so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really all about. I I think not just the music industry or or art in general. I think everyone the 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 more time goes on, I, I see you know, uh, diversified income being more and more important just because, you know, if you, if you look back in history, the, 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 uh, industrial revolution and then the internet revolution version one, and then every, everything keeps changing and it, it's, it's getting faster and faster exponentially. I think you have to do lots of different things because you, you walk into work and there is no work because, you, you know, back in the industrial revolution, everyone was, or not the industrial revolution. Well, I guess, you know, they, they were being replaced by machines that could do the same thing. And then mm-hmm. you get to the eighties and nineties and people worried about robots taking everyone's jobs. And, mm-hmm. you know, now it's AI and, you know, I think just as a general rule, everyone has to kind of think about not just one source of income for the 50 years that they work, they have to go through different stages and, no, absolutely. And this, I mean, I, I heard, I mean, there are some, you know, more knowledgeable people than I out there. Really, I mean, this is, you know, the the fourth industrial revolution or whatever they're going to call yeah. it. This really is that. Um, because it is, you know, we if we don't want to be that doomsday about it and say replacing jobs, new jobs have to emerge you know, different oh, yeah. versions of jobs have to emerge because old jobs are getting replaced. I mean, there's no question. Absolutely. Um, there's just so much that, that we don't have to do. Who, uh, did you hear? I wish I knew the term. Someone will know this because we can Google it. And that's the whole funny thing is that there's someone that termed a phrase that if you can Google it, it shouldn't be a conversation. Like, right, we, you right. know, we also, we all used to sit around going, who was the actor in the, the scene in that one scene in the movie where he comes in and says the line. And then that's, you know, and so people would sit for hours and argue over it. And it was a fun conversation. Yep. Now the conversation's over. You, Absolutely. you, you, you look it up and you move on to the next topic. Um, right. So it's just, it, it's just so funny how it changes everything about the pace of our communication and mm-hmm. all of our interactions and how immediate everything can be. And so, I mean, you know, back to music, I think that's the whole struggle is just, it's all so immediate for the listening public. And for me too, I'm a consumer as well. And so right. I, I can, I understand I'm, I'm, I do the same thing. I'm addicted to Spotify I and mean, I love Spotify. I think it's amazing. Uh, I, yeah, I absolutely love Spotify. Um, but actually that, that ties in nicely. I just listened to the, uh, the podcast you did with, uh, um, is it look, look what I did. Mm-hmm. Yes. Just recently. Yep, and yep. Um, you, you were talking about how there's, you know, there's good mu- people complain about the amount of bad music that's out there now because we have streaming and because we have DAWs that are so, you know, and music equipment that's so inexpensive now and ever anyone can do it. Mm-hmm. And you made a good point. There was bad music back in the sixties, seventies and eighties. It's just that, you know, you didn't have a record company that would buy into it because it was terrible. Or if, even if you did have a, um, you know, f- like rich investors would have been few and far between to get you into a studio if you were that bad. Um, so you, you kind of had to walk down the street and hear, um, you know, bad bands in their garage or whatever. But mm-hmm. 
And I think obviously the the amount of people on the planet is just skyrocketed too. So obviously the more amount of music, good or bad, is is uh, is definitely increased. Yeah, exactly. And 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 it is good and bad. I mean, I, I we don't. I mean, we all tend to kind of stick to the things that made the biggest impression on us. When, mm-hmm. when we were younger and, and it's, 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 it's hard to break out of that. I've really, I think these last two years I've really made an effort to just on use Spotify or YouTube and go down the far, the farthest I can go down rabbit holes, you know, like related to certain music that I like mm. or listen to podcasts, you know, like yours or, 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 um, you know, Hey, look what I did. And, um, just and or music podcasts and listen for names of bands yeah. and i just go okay and i'll just i'll go give it a listen and see it nine times out of ten i may not like it but that one time i'll turn something on and i'll go oh my gosh i'm so glad that i heard that name yeah because now i'm listening to them and i'll find out they're a young band and they're new and they're you know they're they're doing okay they're making it and it's it's great so i you know i do love the instant accessibility of it. Um, and then I know that as a, also an artist that has music on Spotify um, under three different artist names, um, you know, as B, as Mark Summerlin and as Honeyjack, I know that it, the, the, the number that they come up with that what you make per click changes every day, but I know that it's, it doesn't matter. It's small, no matter what number they come up with. So, oh yeah, you know, and, but, I, and I, mean, I know the, all that. The, but... the legislation's going to change, but yeah, that's the thing I see, see it as is, you know, if, if you're not on there, you know, what's, um, you know, no one's playing it. So you're not getting any money. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the CD at the show is all well and good, but the CD is a one-time payment of 10 or $15. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, and they can play it as many times as they want. Not that that many people do. Mm-hmm. They they may buy the CD at the show because it's a memorabilia item now. But that that Spotify track is going to be you know can be played infinite amounts of times. And mm-hmm. you know, as 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 revenue increases, you know, you're going to get more and more. But it's it's more of a discovery thing than anything else. Yeah, and 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 just I think that the new business model that sort of how how you and, and Cindy met in the marketing world um, of don't, you know, don't worry about getting a hundred thousand 99 cent downloads from iTunes, you know, worry about finding, you know, 500 or a thousand fans across the world, across the globe right. that want to be a part of your experience want to be a part of, of your band's um, brand and culture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's weird because Honey Jack actually just last week, someone ordered online a signed CD, you know, and it, it, they pay just a little bit more than a regular CD, but we, you know, and it's, it's great. I was happy. It was to go, you know, get signatures and, and I was like, Hey man, someone order a signed CD, <laughs> you know? And so you, right. you send it out and it's, it's like, it's obviously someone that connected with it. Um, and we've, and we yeah. sold, you know, several of those now and it's just like, okay, well, you know, that's, that's great. You know, three, three down, you know, um, I can't do the math, but you know, 900, whatever to go. And, you know, 997. 
And it, it really, it's just finding those people. And uh, because I, I think that almost for any band, you know, if, if they're good at all, like if they've just got something, it's you, there are people that will love it. You know, I yeah, mean, it's, it's just absolutely. I mean, there's just no question. It's just we all know that it's wading through all the other stuff. And, and not that it's all bad. It just, just might not be stuff that you like. And there's just so much of it. I think that's the thing. It's it's tall pops, the tall poppy syndrome at this point. You know, the the uh, the, the bar just keeps getting raised in terms of exposure just because there's just so much new stuff. I, I was just at the uh, CD Baby conference a couple of weeks ago. Oh, cool. Um, and I sat in a uh, Spotify, um, you know, like, talk like from a Spotify themselves. W- yeah, was that I'm, the I'm DIY trying... music conference? It is. Yeah, oh, okay. it was. It was great. Oh, cool. Yeah, you should definitely try and uh, hit up next next year. They're they're going to be in Austin again. Um, but I want. I can't remember the exact number what she said, but it was something astronomical amount of new songs going on Spotify per day. It was it was either tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. It was something stupid per day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you just have to compete with that and get into people's, you know, eyes and ears. And and that's the other thing, eyes more than ears, because we're a visual species and we like to, to see first before we uh, listen. Um, yeah. And with music, it it was, it was weird because we didn't really, we knew that was the case, but you kind of had to either catch glimpses like in a magazine or, or the album cover had to be really cool looking. Oh yeah. And, and yeah, I was, I was into like Iron Maiden before I heard their music just because of the album. cover. Yeah. Because of Eddie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I mean, yeah. And what a great, what great branding. I mean, before the yeah. word branding in, in the sense that we use it now, I mean, that's product branding. Like no one has ever known. I mean, Iron Maiden, you know, Kiss, you know, those, it, 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 you literally can catch a, a picture of Eddie or a Kiss logo or maybe even a Motorhead or something barely out of the corner of your eye and you know exactly what it is. Right. From a mile away, you know exactly what it is. And so I, I, that's so important, that consistency and that strength of that and just, you know, just relentlessly believing in it because... That's all you got, you know. You gotta push that. Um, yeah, that that actually um, reminds me of what we were talking about last time is the fact that Cindy's, you know, doing your marketing and the fact that she's, you know, because she's so integral to the band dynamic. Um, you know, she she's a really good marketer because she, um, you know, she doesn't have to pretend like like a manager would. If, if the manager didn't necessarily believe in the band or didn't like the band that much, but they were doing it for the paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I see quite a lot of um, spouses being part of the, um, you know, the band management. And, and I think that's a really good strategy because they're, they're all in and they, they believe in the band and they, and they can talk passionately about it. Like, uh, you know, I'm, that manager who's not really that, you know, um, into the band mm-hmm. might, you know, might just be not, not quite as passionate. So I think that's a, a really cool thing. And that, that the honey Jack logo is great. I, I really like that. I, I do too. And, and I mean, I, I don't mind saying it because I, I mean, I sort of just had a basic idea, but I mean, yeah, Cindy's the one that did it. And, and then, 
you know, sort of the, the, the skull jackalope, you know, Punisher bunny, you know, our little mascot. Um, it's, it's fun to have, have a vehicle like that to, to try things with. And, um, so it's great for me to have someone with that kind of skill to kind of just go, okay, I want to try something like this. And then we can see a mock-up of it, a really high level mock-up of it. And then we kind of decide what roads we want to go down. Um, and you know, I don't even know what, and you know, when Cindy would, would totally, you know, die thinking of, of, of herself in a managerial thing, but it's like what it, cause what does a manager do now? It's really just about being a social media manager. Right. Um, you know, we're not, Honey Jack's not really trying a thing where we're going on the road and booking festivals and that's not what we're doing. I mean, we're all yeah at a certain age. We've got, you know, kids getting older. Um, mm-hmm. I've done the thing where you get in a van and you go for months, you know, or, or, or a bus, um, you know, it's fun to do. Now we should probably, you know, back to the kind of the thing you were talking about. We definitely need to high, you know, raise the bar as far as go ahead and doing some like a live podcast, like set up in a studio and like just play, you know, do, yeah. do things like that because those are the kind of things that seem to seem to generate some interest. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just about letting schedules allow, but for sure. But, um, yeah, I mean the, what, what is your strategy about releasing music? Are you still kind of on the, two you know one or two singles plus and then the album cycle or are you moving towards what 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 i've been hearing more more and more is just you 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 know the uh to get in people's consciousness you just kind of have to keep hitting them with something yeah that's kind of that's kind of the way i feel about it i i think that my ideal version is you do is i'm still kind of in that uh the the romantic idea of the seventies and eighties and where you release a couple singles and then an album comes out. But, but that's not, I, I just don't think it's, that's the way it's going to be. So I've sort of accepted, and we've actually got a one song ready to go right now. And I honestly don't know what I'm waiting for <laughs> to finish it off. But I, what I kind of did want to do is do like two or three at once the next little batch. Mm-hmm. Um, which I shouldn't do, but, but no, so you, to answer your question, I think I'm in the, I'm in the routine where you do a, a couple things to keep it alive. And then you put out a group, you know, as an album, right. but honestly, it doesn't really even make any sense. I mean, it, you don't even have to do, you can kind of do whatever you want. Um, yeah. and by the same token, somebody, God, I forgot who it was. It may have been a, there was a rock band who did it. And then I saw, I noticed like another big like rap or hip hop artist that did it. They, they had just put something out. And then not long after it, it was like 20 songs. It was like a double, what, what would have been a double record mm. came out. It was like, whoa, where did that come from? And um, so that, I'm trying to think of who that was. But um, double record. Um, I know that Beyonce did one like that. I think that um, oh, it's a country artist, and I've oh. seen her live, and I can't even remember who it was. But anyway, all of a sudden, it was just because Cindy was listening to it, and I was like, "What is this? A new album?" And I looked, and it was like twenty something songs. Huh. So that's you know that's another way to make a splash. 
But yeah. so, I mean, we, so Honey Jack just, we just put out another one on Spotify called Better Luck Next Time. And I don't know if that was even out when I talked to you last. It wasn't. It's a great song. I've listened. Uh, I think TJ's uh, channeling his Eric Johnson. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I do like that. Oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the other thing you alluded to in the other podcast was something about the, um, you know, when you do release albums, you kind of want the band to stay the same, but not quite the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think the danger of waiting so long, because people obviously have no attention span these days. No, yeah. Um, and the day, you know, if you see, you know, the, the uh, Tool just, you know, released their new album after... I don't know, what is it, 12, 14 years or something ridiculous? Yeah, I knew it was been and, a while, yeah. And I think I think the danger in that is people expect this brand new, you know, brand new music no one's ever heard before, and it's just another Tool album. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I'm not sure what people kind of are expecting Tool to sound like other than Tool. That's a you know, I mean, great, that's a great point. Um, and you two are doing the same kind of thing. Like you, you, you two are spending, you know, long, long periods of time with no new album. And then their fans, you know, the, the, the album may be great, but their fans have built up this expectation. That's just no one on the planet is going to be able to fulfill no. just because of that. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's part of the release stuff, you know, month to month, if you can, just because you don't build up that expectation and, people are more um, likely to kind of adapt it as a new song that they like. No, I think that's, yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, I remember, well, that, that last U2 record, because we grew up being huge U2 fans and that mm-hmm. last U2 record, I mean, I didn't like all of it, but there were a couple tracks. I was like, Oh my gosh, it feels like I'm 15 again. I mean, this was exactly like the stuff that they did on their first few records. Right. And I loved it. It was like, wow, how could how could a real U2 fan not love some of these songs? It was just like a, a, one of their old songs kind of on steroids. I and mean, it was really, really cool. And mm. and um, I'm, I wasn't as familiar with Tool. I mean, I obviously, they're a band. You know them when you hear them. And they are amazing. Um, yeah. But I, I listened to some of it. And I mean, I liked it because I was like, yeah, cool. It sounds like it sounds like them. Um, right. But there, I remember when that Van Halen record came out with David Lee Roth mm-hmm. um, called A Different Kind of Truth. And I loved it. I mean, like I was and, and they even said some of these are demos from the first record that never, ever happened. So right. what more? It really was like a Van Halen record that had never happened. And, yeah. and I don't know what people expected, but they really hated it. I was like, oh, my gosh, are you crazy? This just sounds like new Van Halen. It doesn't. Yeah, s- I thought it was great. I actually saw that tour. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, there's actually there's a there's a video online if you search for Manchester, New Hampshire, Van Halen mm-hmm. fight. Um, I was I won tickets for the radio, so I was like third row. Okay. And a fight broke out behind us, and Dave kind of stopped the show, like, and started yelling at the crowd, and it's like, "You guys, there's beautiful women here." It turns out it was two biker chicks having a brawl. Ah, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's a video on YouTube you can see. It's quite. It was really funny. But no, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a great tour. It, it was, you know, they they were on form. Mm-hmm. Sounded fantastic. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I I loved all the stuff I heard from them, and people just get so critical um, because, and it, and the weird thing is, is they're holding it to a standard 
from when they first were impacted by something. Mm-hmm. And then if you really put them up side by side, the new thing is fine. It's really, it's really good. But I don't, like you, you summed it up so much better than anyone I've heard is, is just that nothing will live up to that expectation. No. So much of it has to do with the way things are hyped and so much of it has to do with just people's, what is it? The Mandela effect or whatever. It's not really how you remembered it. This is really what this band is. And, um, you know, I don't know if that's a great example of that, but anyway, I mean, you know what I'm saying. Uh, oh, and yeah, by I, mean, the- I think I think that, that you know they they say that your um your teenage years mm-hmm. uh the most formative, um you know your mind's developing and that's when you start to get into music usually, um you know early teens mm-hmm. and anything that sticks around for, you know, couple of decades is gonna you know, you're gonna listen to it tons of times and then a new album comes out and you're not familiar with it mm-hmm. and it has to be you know either really really new to your ears or it has to just you know do something psychologically to you to to be better than you know quote unquote better because it's subjective mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to something that you've listened to a million times that you heard when you were a teenager you know those are the special albums if they stick with you um yeah, it's 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 all a psych- psychological thing. It really is. No, it totally is. And and by the way, um, I know that Tool is coming to the the states next month, or they're not coming to the states. I mean, they're touring the states next month. Right. And who's coming to the states is Killing Joke. Killing Joke is opening those dates for them. I did see that. Yes. Oh my gosh! And it's like I don't. So that should be. I'm not. I mean, I know the Tool shows are great. Um, I don't, you know, I'm not as big a fan to maybe drop the cash for that ticket, but I might just because I'm such a killing, killing joke playing. fan. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I've seen them. Thankfully, I've gotten to see them, but I would, I would may do that just to see them because uh, that I was so psyched when I saw that. Um, mm. A friend of mine texted me and said, "Did you know that Killing Jokes in Tulsa opening for Tool like in a month?" And I was like, "No, I mean that's that's an hour. I mean it's nothing from here. We go see concerts in Tulsa all the time, so." Right, and they do it. Going back to that, I mean, I try, I try and go see uh, shows all the time, mm-hmm. uh, as much as possible, um, just because not only do I like the bands that are, you know, that I'm going to see in the first place, but oftentimes you'll see a really cool, you know, opening band, um, and you know, it's just something new to discover. I mean, I, I, I do love to s- discover stuff on Spotify, but. You know, there's sometimes like uh, just recently I, I went to see a, a technical death metal band called uh, Rivers of Night Hill. Mm-hmm. And then um, op- one of the openers was this really young British band, um, very proggy doom. Um, but they, their live show just blew me away. And if, if you've heard any doom, it's, it's very slow, mm-hmm. typically. Mm-hmm. And they had these slow elements, but obviously you know, as a musician, the slower you play something, the harder it is to get it on beat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they were phenomenal. I mean, they were playing stuff in different time signatures, slower than, you know, a lot of bands. And it, it was just so tight. Oh, wow. And what was uh, the name? Just, what was the name of the opening? Um, they're, they're, they're a band called Conjurer. Conjurer. Yes. Okay. Awesome. Um, and they, they, yeah, like I said, they just blew me away. So I, I love going to see bands, and just feeling the how they do live and just how the sound how the sound is because 
there's some bands that sound great live and not so great on on record but there's and vice versa and then there's some bands that just kill it either way mm -hmm. so that's yeah that's great that's i mean that's what an amazing way to discover a band that's what it used to be is you would sometimes you'd go to a show and you didn't really know what was who it was or who was going to open right um and that's i mean that was you know again we can't really i can't worry about that i mean you know those days are over now people discover it on youtube and 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 that's all right and it's just the new reality you gotta you know em sure. embrace it or, or not um and of course everyone has seen a show or an idea of a, what the show is going to look like before they go mm -hmm. um and so, i try not to yeah i try and try and avoid doing that just so i don't you know get get um kind of jaded by that one bad you know show where they're having sound problems mm -hmm. and it's like uh maybe i don't go no, i'll just i'll just go because i like them i can't i i don't have that uh i don't have that discipline i, I think <laughs> i think tj is like that i think he'll i don't think he will watch like he he wants to be surprised but no i'm mm. i am kind of addicted to looking up all my old favorite bands like concerts i didn't ever have a chance to see Mm -hmm. um and then of course that inev inevitably leads to um seeing newer stuff too so i usually see whatever's current and try to hear you know try to see and hear what people are doing now um so i kind of <laughs> i love going on those youtube e expeditions where you sort of yeah you go oh my gosh I, I can't believe i didn't know about this footage you know <laughs> but uh, and then and then oh no it's 3 a.m yes exactly the yes, time i really do have to work tomorrow um <laughs> so but. Um. Yeah. Uh, if if you don't mind, we we'll go back to um, building a community. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please. Yeah. Um. So what I I think we touched on last time we talked was uh, something I I I kind of started uh, really putting a lot of uh, mental effort into. Well, that's not really the right way of saying it, but mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, a a rising tide lifts all ships, and right. and this um, you know, the fact that. Uh, musicians kind of sometimes can see each other as competition, you know, get, getting on the right bill or, or whatever it is. But um, when you really think about it, other bands are your allies in a, in kind of a, you know, the competition is actually, you know, gaming or TV or, or just not wanting to leave the house in the first place when you're talking about live, live bands. Mm -hmm. um, so one thing that I, I don't know if you're, give your opinion on this but one one of my uh my guitar player other guitar players friends started um giving likes to his friends bands for their birthdays so he'd go um and invite all his friends to like his the you know the other person's band page oh wow um and you know like our band which actually the the creatures and chemicals which is our punk band is kind of on hiatus and we just we just gained like a hundred likes in in a week just mm -hmm. because he he uh, he gave it to him for his birthday. And I'm thinking at first it's an amazing strategy and really good for building each other's fan bases up. But I kind of get the sense it might piss your friends off on Facebook a little bit if you keep doing it. That's but I mean, what a gutsy, really cool move, you know? Yeah. Um, and I, th I think you're right. And I think that, I mean, I'm definitely guilty of it. I mean, you just, 
And it's never anything malicious. You just don't really, some of the times you just don't really think about it. You get caught up in your own thing. A lot of it's not, yeah. a lot of it's not like a, a hatred or a jealousy or really anything. You're just kind of indifferent. You're just kind of like, oh, well, whatever. When really, you know, you need to just jump in with both feet. And I, you know, it's, it's almost like one of those new year's resolutions and you're like, okay, I'm going to do this. And like, it sounds like you've done that, you know? Mm. And, and it's, and I know you and Cindy talked about it in the marketing aspect of it. And I, I think it's great. And I think you're absolutely right is just do as many collaborations of any kind that you, yeah. that you can. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you're right. I, mean, I, 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 we all need to do it. Um, yeah, that, that, I mean, that's partly what, what my uh, goal, at least my goal with the f- previous version of the podcast was, is just to get bands that really, um, you know, move me mm-hmm. out to more people. Um, and I couldn't really find the format, but then I stumbled on this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I do. I mean, like, I, I re- would really love for all the bands that I've interviewed to kind of share more and then hopefully fans of other people can become fans of the other bands. Yeah, And absolutely. Did you say the name of your band is creatures and chemicals? Yeah. So that's, that's, um, awesome. It, it's that's an awesome my, name. my guitar players band that I got into um, when I moved down here, it's a punk horror band. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've kind of gone on hiatus because the singer is doing something else right now. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're forming a, a heavier band at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're still writing and things, but yeah, it's, it's, it, it's such a cool, um, you know, visually and, um, just the subject matter. It's when we get back into it, I, you know, there's a lot we can do with it. Um, but going back to, you know, sharing other people's music, I mean, you can do that with playlists and sharing gigs and, Mm -hmm. you know, somebody's video that they just released and then they'll do yours. Um, no, absolutely. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it's not just a local community. I mean, really, your community can be, you know, a band on the other side of the world. And, and sure. you know, that's what should be happening. I, I, I couldn't help. But so I see you have guys have stuff on Spotify. That's awesome. Yeah. So Un- unfortunately, I'm not on that. Okay. Um, my my the new band's called Fear, Fierce Sundown. Okay. Um, which which kind of yeah, it's not it's not really been announced or anything, but it's it's working towards kind of a a, a thrashy sound. Mm-hmm. You know, we're we're right right on on Dimebag's doorstep. Oh, okay, we're huge, okay. Huge Dimebag fans, so it's going to be kind of a southern tinged metal with something else we, we haven't figured it out yeah still, you got you do you do live right there so yeah i know exactly yeah, exactly where you are <laughs> so um yeah we are but yeah what what other um i mean what other strategies are you trying as far as um well i mean i think the next thing and 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 cindy had i think the last time we talked had just gotten into this is um and we're doing it now and i think it's we're just starting to see results so it's hard for me to report but that's just retargeting yes so so not so you kind of go okay i'm gonna quit you're always fishing for new you know new sets of ears or eyes Mm -hmm. but then you you gotta um you gotta do stuff for the people that are already there and and so 
it was we were so on a mission to get as many new people that we kind of got off track as far as hey let's let's retarget the people that had clicked had listened and you get all that data together and you do something with it and so that's kind of that's just kind of where I am at and it, it it's funny because that's kind of where I'm at in the real estate thing as well um, mm. there's already clients you've worked with don't forget about them right absolutely you know and and it's really the most important thing is you, you have your your super fans as we've always talked about um, yep. they're more important they're 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 more important really than maybe some you know 10 new people you might find um right. in, in a certain to a certain level i know there'd be an argument against that last thing i just said but sure. but really if you don't at least take care of them then really what are you doing so right. um that's kind of yeah. and what about you guys i mean when you're starting with a new name and everything it, i mean there's got to be some excitement to that as well you're kind of like okay what's what you know where do we go first yeah um, um definitely i mean i i think um you know focusing too much on on you know new fans and all that kind of was was kind of the detriment because when i got into the band creatures um it had this visual reference it had music and i'm like wow i can just do so much with social media but then we kind of lost track of hey we got to practice and hey we got to write new music to go along with the new members and it, it kind of took us in the wrong direction a little bit. Uh -huh. Whereas this new band, there is no music. Well, I mean, there's, there's no written finished music, so there's nothing to promote. So, right. you know, we, we, we're at the stage where we're like, you know what? Social media doesn't matter. Visuals don't really matter. And we, we're, we're thinking about logos, but other than just throwing, you know, our name on social media to keep it as a placeholder, mm -hmm. Um, and throwing that Spotify thing so we have the artist page, we're really just focusing on the art, which um, I went to the when I went to the City Baby conference, I was all about social media and marketing. And then a couple of, you know, just from the um, from the keynote, it was like, oh, wow, I actually have to think about the art. And, you know, they that I came away with that, like, no, pretty much concentrate on your art mm -hmm. and then the rest will kind of you have to do the business stuff but it's less important and i think a lot of times people really focus too much on social media and too much on business mm -hmm. and they forget their art um and they and and go not not to go down the rabbit hole too much but what um the thing about um what one course, actually two two courses I went through was by Simon Tam, and he's in a band called The Slants, and the guy is an absolute marketing genius. I mean, I could talk for another two hours about what I learned, but mm -hmm. you know, retargeting. I mean, he's the king of retargeting and doing things. Uh, I mean, I can't recommend his books enough either. Oh wow! Um, okay, cool. Complete. I mean, that's a complete other conversation, honestly. But mm -hmm. I learned so much in that in those two uh, two sit downs. Um, but yeah, the I mean, the other thing about the CD Baby conference is I just just found this sense of really good community. Everyone was so supportive there, and you know, I I don't know if you've experienced the kind of imposter syndrome at any at any time, but you know, I spent a long time just sitting in my room practicing like, oh, I'm listening to Dream Theater. 
no, I have to practice more because I'm not good enough. And then at some point it was, all right, I have to actually go out and play. And I've kind of, from someone who's very self-conscious, I've got to the point where, oh, I'm actually pretty good. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I go to somewhere like the CD Baby Conference and then see the level of musicianship down there. Mm-hmm. I'm like, crap, I got to practice more. <laughs> well, that's co- but in, well, that's it, cool but that, that it was that, that it that it it's cool that the, that that the the level was that high at the, oh, the DIY music yeah. conference. Like honestly, I didn't know you know who was going to play there. I, I I saw some of the like schedule or whatever, but I because mm. we're with CD Baby as well, so I would get the ads, but um. No, I mean, but the, but you said it. You still eventually you have to just w- walk out of the house and book a show, or yeah. or something, or 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 get your friends together and shoot a shoot a video or whatever it is. And it, it's that whole thing. It's like, well, ultimately you're going to have to release something, or the music will never have a listener. Right. And without a listener, it doesn't exist. So um, exactly. So yeah, you do, and I and I. I'm slow and I, I'm I'm too critical and I take my time with the stuff that I release, but I definitely at least am okay with that part. Like I know that it, I'm okay once it's done. I'm like, okay, get it out and just, you know, get it out there and, and, right. and just go play. Um, so, but you know, when did you start playing? Like what, how old were you when you did your first live show? Oh, first live show. Mm-hmm. Um, would have been in high school. So I started playing guitar or learning how to play guitar around 11, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so the first time I played in front of anyone mm-hmm. probably would have been uh, 15. Because right. I was, yeah. you know, in, in England, we go we go to high school till 16. Okay. So 11 through 16. So we, we played a couple of gigs with our high school band. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, big, big room. Actually, the first. The first gig I ever did was a talent show and there was probably, oh, there's probably a good 500 people in the room. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So for a 16 year old kid, that was pretty nerve wracking. No, it's, you know, what's funny is uh, one of the first shows that I, Paul and I and and the drummer that we grew up with um, that was in B ever played was a talent. I mean, like the big show we ever played, we played some parties, but the first big show we ever did was a talent show as well. <laughs> wow. So that's, that's a great place to learn what that feeling is like. <laughs> Yeah. But so that's awesome. So uh, just move on to the kind of quick fire questions. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. If you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you say a significant setback or negative experience you've had in life would be? And what would, what did you learn from it? Um, wow. In life. I, well, no, I think, I think, I think one was um, realizing that the realizing that the 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 touring part, like the touring with other artists, was always you know it's it was a great dream and it was a lot of fun and it and it was a good living, mm-hmm. but realizing that that had to come to an end, and right. I had to eventually do something uh i needed to do something of my own again and it's if you if you're out there and you do write music and you do play as you do like you said you have to just you have to just release stuff you have to write and release stuff 
Otherwise, right. you're never going to learn. And it was great kind of being in this la-la land. And it, it was just sort of, but I was really just living somebody else's dream. I was, mm -hmm. I was a part of a very big machine that was living their dream. And even if you never get to, you know, that level, it doing something is so much more fulfilling than doing none of it. Right. Um, and, and I think that it took me a long time to get to that point, but I think that's the point is just, if you just get a song or a single done, go through the motions of getting it, you know, producing it, mastering it, getting it up on all the platforms. Um, and then, and then instantly move on to the next one. It's, there's nothing like that. And, and it's like going to play your, your band's first show at no matter what age you're, no matter what age you are. I mean, I've been doing this for mm. 30 years and it's, that's the thing is never, never take that part for granted because the other stuff I was doing was amazing, but none of it compares to the experiences I've had writing with my friends and, and, and performing with my brothers and that sort of stuff. There's no, there's no comparison to that, you know, right. Whether it's at a coffee shop or in front of, you know, 10,000 people. Right. So um, what would you say a significant win you've had um, maybe that gave you confidence to pursue something further, whether that's, you know, getting on a tour or whether it's, you know, going into uh, real estate. Is there any, any one big moment that you can say, Oh, I can do this. Um, I think it was the, f the first time. So the, the first few B albums we did, well, well, not the first few, but there were a couple there that we got to do in Nashville with real producers. Mm-hmm. And in the the real studios where they were, you know, cutting tape and everything, we kind of saw where tape ended and DAWs started. And right. then hard disk recorders kind of came into the mix and I I had one and, and I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to do our next album. And I had learned a lot from all these producers and engineers and I was by no means at their level, but I was just going to give it a shot. And then when we released that album and... It's an album called This Stupid Dream. It's one word. It's called This Stupid Dream. If you type in literally This Stupid Dream and kind of run the words together, it'll come up on Spotify, but otherwise you'll never right. find it. <laughs> and we released that album in 2001. And um, when it, it ended up getting some awards, like, and it got like some awards in Dallas. It got when we lived there and it got like a, a LA music magazine award mm -hmm. and i was like wow it took like three you know two years to do but when i was mixing that thing i was like i think i can do this i'm not sure it feels right i'm just kind of following my path and when it actually got recognition outside of that i was like okay i, I like making records i like producing albums you know this is kind of one thing right. i want to you know keep my hand in i never really mm -hmm. pursued that but i remember seeing other people embrace that album when I was so nervous about it. Um, and, and that, that definitely gave me confidence moving forward, just That's sort of awesome. as a producer. Cool. So the big, big question, mm -hmm. uh, what does music mean to you? Um, yeah, that is, that is a tough one. Cause it's, it's professionally what I've done 
more of my life than not. Um, but what it means to me, I think it's really just emotional. I think that the easy answer for me is music is the soundtrack to your life, but music's really like the soundtrack mm -hmm. to any, any minute, any mood or minute of your life. Um, I, I just, I like how music, um, I just, I like how it marks a moment. Mm. Um, and it could be a song that in any other, like it might not be a song you would have picked to be one of your favorite songs, but when you hear it, it can bring back such a strong feeling that I don't really know what, I mean, I, I guess any sense, you know, any of our senses can do that. But for me, nothing does it like a song. Right. And, and I believe that it can still happen, you know, even as we're getting older, I, I don't think it just has to be from your teenage years, though. I know that, that, you know, that's when it's most impressionable, but to me, it's just nothing marks a moment of, of your life like a song does for me. Right. Cool. I hope that, I hope that answers that question. I'm not sure if it absolutely did. <laughs> does. Yeah. Um, it's going to wrap it up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, where can people find you? Um, honey Jack is easy to find if you if you type it as one word um, honey Jack uh, YouTube uh, it'll pop up on Spotify will pop up the album's called 8-track the, the number 8 um, our website is honeyjackband.com and our Facebook is honeyjackband and you'll see a little uh, skull bunny rabbit with big horns mm -hmm. and that means you found the, the the right one um and and i think it's i'm sorry I think, go ahead sorry mm -hmm. um i was just gonna say i think more and more because of the amount of stuff online mm -hmm. i think it's really um it's kind of really important to put band after whatever you're searching for at this point. Yep. I mean you, you type in honey jack and you get a ton of websites for uh, jack daniels mm-hmm you know, honey, but, if, but then as soon as you put honey Jack band, yep. if, you know, it, it, it changes, you know, everything. So I think, I mean, I think that's more indicative of, of how searching, you know, is going these days just because you want to tell it what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, the, the bunny rabbit is a very good, uh, indicator. Yeah, no. Yeah. And the website is honey Jack band and the, the Facebook is honey Jack band and, um, on Spotify, you'll see the new single um, called Better Luck Next Time. But uh, yeah, we're on all platforms. and Great. And that's the, the best place to find us. Yeah. Um, and not to uh, derail the conversation, but I actually started... Uh, I found the um, Natural State of Music uh, podcast with your drummer. Um, and I initially thought I'd seen it on your Honey Jack page on Spotify, but it actually turned out that I looked, I was looking down the search results and it just happened to be at the end, oh, okay. um, under podcasts. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm trying to figure out now how to get podcasts onto your artist page so you can feature it. Um, and I think there's a way to do it, but I haven't figured it out yet. Um, oh yeah. And, and. And when you do, please share. And any maybe someone who listens, you know, might be able to comment as well. I think, yeah, I think there's a section that's like artist pick. Okay. And and you, when you go in your Spotify thing, you can you can choose 
for that week what you want it so it maybe it's somebody else's song or maybe it's a you know i think you can do it with podcasts now since spotify hasn't been doing podcasts for that long mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but yeah that's that was just a side note i thought about um but going to what I like to do at the end of the uh, podcast is play a song. So what song would you like to play? Doesn't have to be the most recent single. It can be anything you want, really. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, I think I, I don't know. The other stuff has been out for a couple of years now. So I, I, I'd feel like I'd, I'd be wrong to not pick the new single. <laughs> so, um, uh, and I, I still enjoy listening to it, at least for the time being. It's uh, called <laughs> Better Luck Next Time. So, yeah, that'd be great to play that one. Awesome. But by all, all means, well, if you had another choice, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> no, we, yeah. we, can, we can throw that on. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great, like I said before, it's a great song. Well, cool. And if, if it's seriously, if there's another one that, that, that fits better or whatever. I mean, there's only eight other ones on, on the EP. So play play away. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, we've gone, actually, we've gone almost an hour. Yeah, it's so great. Perfect. Really, really appreciate the talk and, uh, you know, you spending time talking to me. Um, yeah, really. I, I can't wait to hear, hear new music. Yeah, just just keep it coming because uh, I, I really like it. Well, man, I really appreciate that and I appreciate the support and um, good luck with the uh, it was fierce. What, what what was the new one? So the new the new album uh, the new album new the new band. band is called Fear Sundown. Yes, awesome. I love it, and and I can't wait to hear that. And I hope you enjoy the writing process because that's really what it's all about. <laughs> right, enjoy the process. Yeah, yeah. Well, cool. Well, thanks again, and um, we'll we'll talk soon. Okay, man. Take care, Simon. You as well. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to this episode. And thanks again to Mark for taking the time to talk to me. And as always, keep pushing the needle and be excellent to each other. This is Honeyjack with Better Luck Next Time. <laughs>